please, ladies and gentlemen, do take your seats now. I have three scriptures to read and they are coming right now on the screen. The first one being Isaiah 10, 27. We say to you, we're dealing with the subject of courage and our title is Courage, a Function of the Anointing. Courage, a Function of the Anointing. And it shall come to pass in that day, it reads, but his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Why don't you say amen? amen. Say anointing. Amen. 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Say amen again. Second Samuel 2, verses 4. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Second Samuel 5, verse 3. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and they anointed David now king over Israel. May I add one scripture here? First Kings 10, verses 4, 5, and 27. Only three verses there. First Kings chapter 10, verses 4, 5, and 27. And it reads, verse 4. When the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, verse 5 says, there was no more spirit in her. It was an aha moment. Verse 27, this very king called King Solomon made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. Wow, wow. In the morning, this is what we said. We defined anointing for you. We gave you seven definitions of the anointing. For the sake of time, I would not go over those seven definitions. If you did miss them, get uh, whatever CD, DVD, VD, or CD, or KD, whatever D there is, uh, get it. We say to you as well that if ever there is anything that the body of Christ needs today, it is the anointing of the Spirit. Say amen. amen. We said in Jewish culture, the anointing spoke of three things. We said number one, being recognized or recognition by people of what God was doing in an individual or a church or a city or a nation. God will anoint so that he will show everybody that he is recognizing you. We say two. Number two, we say it has A, B, and C. We say it. number two, anointing also spoke of transference. Transference of power, authority, and honor. We say it. number three, anointing also spoke of being commissioned to a specific task. We therefore say to you, there is a big, vast difference between calling and commissioning. You are called at point A, you are commissioned point C. However, there is point B in between. Point B is the school of hard knocks where God tries you, prepares you, molds you, shapes you, squeezes you, you cry tears. He is preparing you so that when then he unveils you at commissioning, you have gone through stuff. I am not interested in talking to someone who has never gone through stuff. When you have gone through stuff, you learn to be patient with others. When you have gone through stuff, you learn to be patient with those that are struggling because you understand. You understand. When your life, you just shoot from one corner to the other corner. You don't understand the in-betweens here. In-between. You don't understand the hardships of growing a church. It's not easy to gather people. <laughs> it's never easy. They don't just come. <laughs> but God therefore calls you. And therefore, he should God call you at the university? Don't leave the university. Yeah. Please go through preparation. Should God call you when you are in a job? Stay with that job. There is preparation before commissioning. Say amen. 
Should God call you in whatever you are doing, don't forget this element. Calling is different from commissioning. Say amen. And then we went on to give you, ladies and gentlemen, levels of anointing. We gave you five levels of anointing. We said, number one, anointing of a believer. I want to test you now and see whether you are listening or you went home when there. We said, number one, anointing of a what? Number two, anointing of? Yeah. Whoa, you are powerful. I've never seen such intelligent people. Number three, anointing of what? A city anointing. And number four, anointing of? A nation. Number five, anointing of? International anointing. Hey. All these anointings are awesome. We went on to zero in on one. Just what we call believer's anointing. And I gave you therefore seven keys of enhancing that believer's anointing. We said key number one, ask more of the Holy Spirit. Hey, you guys, you turned up this morning, isn't it? Ask more of the Holy Spirit. We said key number two, fast for the anointing. We said key number three, Hunger for the anointing. Key number four, learn to be expectant. Key number five, learn to be desperate for God. Key number six, learn to be persistent. Persistent. Maybe I missed that one, isn't it, in the morning? I did, yeah? yeah that's key number, key, key number six, yes. Persistent. It comes from Luke 18, verse 5. That widow woman who pleaded with the unjust judge, she continued and continued. And key number seven, of course, we said, learn to yield your life. I want today to deal with the other remaining quickly within our time, and then we can release you. Let's deal with the anointing of a local church. The anointing of a local church. This one we'll deal with, the others we'll just touch. We call it in Andebele, Chachalaza. I didn't say Chocholoza, I said Chachalaza. Say Chachalaza. Yeah, we'll just skim through uh, with the rest of the others so that we leave you with everything that's compact and complete. Anointing of a local church. Because, ladies and gentlemen, each church has a specific task. It stands there for the reason that each church will have a unique anointing. Let me start there. And simply say this, that if a church sets its basis next to this church, next door. There is nothing that will happen to the congregants here. Nothing. <laughs> because this church is wired differently. There is a certain DNA that you will never find in this church, that you will never find in any other church. They can scream, they can make noise, they can carry placards, they can do all sorts of things. Nothing will change you. You will remain growing and expanding because of an anointing that is resident at Grace Bible Church. So once you understand that, then you understand this point. That we don't need therefore as ministers and pastors to compete. Remember, ultimately, we are taking people to one place called heaven. Say heaven. That's where we're taking people. We may be coming from different banners, different denominations, diff I nearly said abomination, different banners, different denominations, but we are all going same direction and leading people, hopefully those that preach the gospel, leading them to the same destination. And therefore, I am not a competitor to Bishop Son. I am here to compliment him. So when I see his work growing this work, it's like my work is growing. And therefore, I will shout it to the top of my mountain and say there is a church in South Africa that I believe is the greatest church ever. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to accuse me. I may be biased, but that's fine. But that's, that's me. Because when I see growth here, because I'm complimenting what he is doing, and therefore, I am as excited like a pig in mud. I am just enjoying myself. So because of that, we understand that there is a peculiar anointing in this house. When God designed Grace Bible Church, designed Grace Bible Church, he knew the type of people that will come. And therefore, he released a certain anointing 
that no matter what I try to do, I can't copy it. No matter, even if I try to stand here and speak like Bishop Son, I cannot. What I have tried really to do is shave my head like he is. But really, that's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> it ends there. <laughs> because there's a unique grace here. That's meant for you that are here. To begin to thrive. Here's another point. When you are in this house... Let's say for some reason, craziness enters your mind. You decide to leave this house. You know, there are some people who have thriving house. You hear them say, I am leaving. God, what? Leaving? A place like this. So, don't leave. <laughs> but when you madness enters you, and you do try to leave, here's what happens. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. When you leave this house, you leave also the anointing of this house. To pick the anointing of another house. Depending not on the size of that house where you are going to. Depending on the assignment of that house. Watch this. Your fortunes can either increase or go down. For example, if here there is an anointing for businessmen to thrive. And you leave and go to another place where... There is holiness, righteousness, and everything. You will be so holy, but broke. Mm. But holy. Because you have picked that anointing. Ah, yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So your fortunes change. And many people say, but what happened? Because each house has its own anointing. So here, for some of us that come in and watch from afar, we see the anointing. Many business people here. We see a pioneering anointing. I have a message called pioneering anointing. An anointing that penetrates. An anointing that can't be denied. An anointing that enters territory. It's a pioneering anointing. So Bishop has a pioneering grace upon him. So if you left here and went on to a good brother next door or somewhere else, nothing wrong with the brother. He's going to heaven too. But if he doesn't have a pioneering anointing, that age leaves you. Yeah. So there is no more pioneering grace inside of you. Did you not read? Alas, it was borrowed. Uh -huh. So it's called the jacket of the house. The jacket of the house, there are not many. There is one jacket that covers the congregates of Grace Bible Church. So when you leave Bishop Sono doesn't say, can I have my jacket? It's automatically removed from you. You don't know it. <laughs> Saying God. So it's taken away from you so that you pick the others. Otherwise, you confuse the place where you are going. You will always be referring, we were doing things like this. And because that church is not grace by Bush. They are not wired to do what... They are not wired to, 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 to fill an Orlando Stadium there. They are not. Mm. They are wired to fill as now, of now a classroom somewhere. So don't take them to, to Orlando. Because you have arrived. So anointing of the house. Are you understanding where we are going? Okay. This is the anointing of the house. So certain blessings will be readily attracted to you. Because of the anointing of the house. So don't get therefore confused. At times as the man of God stands here, he releases that. Whether you know it or not, there is impartation that comes because it's part of the house. So certain things begin to happen. Some people walk in church, they are unemployed, they're broke. Suddenly they're in church, serving in church. Suddenly their fortunes change. But if they are unwise, they think it's all to do with them. They don't know that it's the anointing of the house. And then when they get a job, they stop tithing. They then say, these pastors love our man. They don't know that when you came in here, you had only one pair of shoes. I don't even mention other comments for political reasons. I can't. You had only one. <laughs> I don't know where you have gone to, but... Uh, me, I just said other comments. I don't know where you have gone to yourselves. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm talking about? 
So for me, when I look at Grace Bible, I see pioneering grace. I see the grace of raising sons. I see excellence. I see the presence of God. I see church planting grace. I see open heavens. I see business people and many others. I just pick these. When I look at Grace Bible Church, I say, if I am a member of this over time as I serve, through sonship, through sonship, not a hireling, but through sonship, these things will begin to manifest in my life. Say amen. So as long as you are in submission to authority in this house, the anointing of the house will work for you. Right Now that I have given you that, I want to support what I've said with scripture. It's very good that in everything that we say, we support it with scripture. Is that not so? Let's read verse Samuel 16, verse 13. Just one verse. And then we'll tie it up with other verses. Then you will see how the anointing of the house worked for King David or for the man David, the young man David. First Samuel 16, verse 13. It's coming right there on screen. So David, as you know, was anointed with oil from a ram's horn. Say ram's horn. A ram is different from a lamb. A ram is kingship. <laughs> a lamb is something else. But a ram is kingship. So let's read verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord, <laughs> that means it wasn't there. The spirit of the Lord came upon, say upon, upon David from that day forward. This man was anointed by one of the deadliest prophets ever to live, Prophet Samuel. If Samuel came to your territory, you knew. As he arrived here, they all trembled. They said, is it well? <laughs> because they had known that none of his words fell to the ground. If he said, you are going home tomorrow, you better go prepare to go home. He wasn't a fly-by-night prophet. He was an authentic, genuine Man of God, full of the Spirit of God. He was born from a barren womb. <laughs> a Hannah that had come to the altar. Yeah, by yeah. Oh, there's something about barrenness that produces giants in the Lord. Oh, I trust that in your barrenness, something mighty will be birthed out of you. Her competitor, Penina, provoked you. Yeah, by yeah. Because she produced, she was a producing machine every year, every year. And this woman had nothing. <laughs> but I love it, she never went anywhere. She never went to some nganga anywhere. She came to the house of God. Oh, the altar is a place of exchange. You bring your ashes, you get the beauty of God. You bring your pain, you get the comfort of God. You bring your, your, your disintegration, you go back whole, complete. Say amen. Never mess around with the altar. Say amen. She came. So when she was given a word by Ellie, after missing it for some time, Ellie, but finally he got it. And the woman conceived. And she bore Samuel. The word of God was rare in those days, the Bible says. Rare. It was in head. It's called the silent years in history. God was not speaking. But when this boy was born and given to the temple, God spoke one more time. Samuel! Samuel! Because the young man had not known the voice of God. He ran, woke up, ran to Ellie. Three times, fourth time the man descends. This must be God calling this man. And he tells him, next time you hear the voice, say these words. Speak my Lord for your servant heareth. And he does so. And God begins to download everything into this young boy. What a prophet. <laughs> what a prophet. Oh, I pray that that anointing will come back again. I have a book called End Time Mentors. They are mentors that are reserved for the end times. God has kept them for a season. But they are coming. You better position yourself and be ready for these end time mentors. One of these mentors is the prophetic mentor. We have seen men like Branham operate so accurately in these, in, these, in these offices. Oh, but he's coming back again in the house of God. Say amen. Lift up your hands and say, I'm ready. Amen. Say it one more time. Say, I'm ready. Amen. So watch this now. He is anointed first Samuel chapter 16. Once you are anointed, the enemy seeks to fight that anointing. Not you. The anointing itself. 
Because it's the anointing that he's afraid of. The next chapter, First Samuel chapter 17. <laughs> his father sends him to the battlefront to go and check out. Check the welfare of his brothers. He's carrying some food. And as he goes there, at the valley of Elah, he hears a thundering voice. It is the voice from the other side. From the armies of the Philistines. But there is one man. Tall. Giants in those days were known to have six fingers. Six toes. This man was virtually a fortress by himself. Only one open spot right here. He is thundering and taunting the armies of God. Is there anyone? Anyone that can fight me? Anyone? His voice sent shivers down the spines of the Israelis. On the other side, there was another champion called King Saul. The Bible says he towered above his citizens. But he was afraid. But watch the setup. The anointing is driving this man to such an occasion. <laughs> he is a young man. The Bible says he was very handsome. Handsome people are normally weak, but he was handsome nevertheless. <laughs> Look at that neighbor of yours who's a man and say you are handsome. Are you strong or weak? Mm. <laughs> So now, as he arrives, David hears the same voice, but there are no takers from his camp, including King Saul, including his brothers that had biceps and muscles everywhere. None of them. Because Goliath terrorized them for years. Years and ending. And David found the circumstances very annoying. It is that anointing that begins to work in him. He says, no way. I was born for such a moment like this. He begins to inquire. His brother say, you are naughty. We know why you came here. And so forth and so. And Saul finally gets to hear about that. He gives him his armament. And he tries it. He says, no, I can't fight with this. I have not tried this. Let me go the way I knew to do it when I was in the hills of Bethlehem. Let me go punyu punyu. Let me go the way I am. Say punyu punyu with me. Like he said, let me try. Let me try this way. <laughs> he gets a sling and five stones. But it is one stone that does the business. Just one stone. He begins to speak to Goliath. You come to me in this and that, but I will come to you. In the name of the Lord. In the, is that for anointing beginning to work? So he lets loose. The stone finds that spot. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not accuracy that. It's not courage. It's not natural courage that was upon David. It's courage which is a function of the anointing. Yeah. There is no way a young boy will meet and confront a tried and tested war veteran. There's, there's no way. So he releases a stone and he goes to that spot. That's not really my message. My message is this. That he has established a certain anointing by killing Goliath. It's called a giant killing anointing. Right. He has started his church. Let's say for argument's sake, his church is giant killing anointing Mount Zion you have to add international everything is international international church <laughs> David has started a church the DNA of that church is giant killing nothing else whoever comes to David must of necessity possess the same anointing to annihilate giants. David may have done it once. But others that will be in this church here. Must do it continuously. Because the sons stand on the shoulders of fathers. Say amen. And therefore they are likely to go far. If they are wise. 
So therefore, he has started the church. Let's go back to scripture and watch this now. First Samuel 22. You, it has to come on the screen so that you see. First Samuel 22, verse 2. This is how he started his church, David. This international church. Hey, and everyone, say everyone, who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, like some of you, look at your neighbor and say like you, mm, who was in debt, and say I'm not prophesying, I can see your red eyes that you are proclaimed. This is not prophecy, just your eyes. Yeah, Who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented, gathered to him. So he became captain. But let's move that word. He became senior pastor. Maybe that word is not good too. Let's put bishop. He became bishop over them. And they were about 400 men. David is, it's a big church. David is starting a church with 400 losers. <laughs> These are losers. You don't want them in your church if you are moving with the eye of the natural. Because they are in debt, they have been fighting, they are causing quarrels and divisions. It is these that came to David and he started his church. But he started his church in a bad venue, cave of Adullam. Venue is bad. The congregates are bad. <laughs> it is those who, when you are speaking, they stand up and say, hey, Bishop, what do you mean by John 3.16? Tell us. They, they, yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> they stand and disrupt everybody. When the ushers are passing by with baskets, they think it's for them to dip their fingers. They say, oh, okay, thank you very much. They take the money. Bad guys. <laughs> Watch now this church. I want you to observe this church. This church will amaze you. And this church will consolidate the anointing of the house. Second Samuel 23. Verses 8 to 23. 2 Samuel 23. Verses 8 to 23. We are going to dwell there and just show you that courage that is a function of the anointing. I am going to pick it up from verse 8. Here is the first guy that is under David. His name is Adino. The S knight. The Bible says he killed 800 men at one time. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. This is one dude. Say one dude. He is killing 800 men at one time. Not over a span of 20 years. One time. Say one time. It's either these guys are skillful or they are functioning under the anointing of David's house. So it is this anointing now that is beginning to work in Adino's life. And supernaturally causing annihilation of his enemy. Number two, Eliezer, the son of Dodo. Please look at your neighbor and say, I hope you are not Dodo. Son of Dodo. He arose, the Bible says, and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand stuck to the sword. These are fighting machines. They were losers before, but now. <laughs> those same losers are fighting aggressively like this. Number three. Shama, the son of Aji, the Hararite. This one came from Harare. Our capital city is called Harare. So I claim that one. This one is our guy. Yours, South Africa, number one, number two. But this one is our guy. Okay. He defended a piece of ground <laughs> full of lentils. In our language, lentils is in Doomba. <laughs> and he killed all the Philistines. These guys are swimming in the anointing while others don't have the anointing. He just decided I would defend this piece of land. It may be unproductive, but yeah, I'm carrying excess anointing. He defends that ground. <laughs> Hey. Number four. The three of the 30 chief men. These are found in verses 15 and 16. Three of the chief, three of the 30 chief men. 
They came to David as well at the cave of Adullam. Some Second Samuel 23, verses 15 to 16. And David said, listen to this. David is not sending them. You must understand that verse. David is sighing. Yisipu says, oh, that someone could give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. He is not sending somebody. So, the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David, risking their life when the king simply said, oh, I wish. They are swimming in this thing. But understand this, they are in the house. That's why it's working for them. They got it when David established a giant killing unction, a giant killing anointing, and it was established. And everybody, therefore, that must be in this house must function in this anointing. Number five, Abishia, the brother of Job, it says he lifted his spear against 300 men, not three men, 300 men, and killed them. What an anointing. 300 men, a spear. And he killed them. Number six. Benaiah, the son of Johida. He says he killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Lion-like. It means they had all the properties, all the characteristics of a, of a lion. It means they had clothes. It means they, they were hairy men. These were fighters. This guy tackles them. Destroys them. And it goes on to say, verse 18. Now Abishia, the brother of Joab, the son of Zuria, was the chief of another three. He lifted his spear against 300 men and he killed them. And number six, number seven now. Benaiah again in verse 21. He also killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand and he took his spear. The anointing is amazing. I am sure he said, can I have your spear please? And the Egyptian said, yes, I want to kill you with your spear. Can I have it? He gave it to him and he killed him. But how do you tap into an anointing of a house? You tap into an anointing of the house by serving in the house. When you understand sonship, many people don't understand sonship. When you are in a church, don't be a visitor. Belong to that church. Make the church your home church. Make sure you are participating in various departments that are in the church. And when you do, slowly that anointing begins to work in your life in a mighty way and it brings transformation in a unique, unique way. Suddenly people look at you and say, there's a change in your life. Something has happened because you are covered by the anointing of the house. Can I quickly deal with the anointing of the city? Now, when God anoints you for a city, Everybody in the city begins to recognize you. You may not need to shout aloud. You may not need to say, this city is mine. He doesn't give it to you alone, but he gives it to you with others. But you know that your grace has been elevated from a believer's anointing to a house anointing and now to a city anointing. The city anointing is an amazing anointing. You feel it. You feel like you are the natural mayor of the city. As you come in, everybody begins, even the policemen begin to recognize you. Even airports begin to recognize you. Everywhere, every year I open a high court in prayer. They call me. So I lead judges. Judges of the high court. So they took a procession. So I was leading them. They're wearing their white wigs, British wigs. And, and I'm going, hmm. checking them. They're following me. Hmm. Yeah. Slowly. There is then the prison band there. I am in here. The judges there, the lawyers and the clerks right at the back there. But I'm leading. Hmm. So we go through. These are people that can sentence you to life. So every year they write, Bishop, they wrote me now this Friday. I said, sorry, I'm not here. Can I send my son brother to come and do it? He said, no, no, we have to clear them first. We have to clear them, clear them. Hmm. It's the anointing of a city. There is nothing that can happen here in South Africa without the name of this man mentioned. Do you know that? It's impossible. 
whether you like him or you don't like him, they have to involve him one way or the other. <laughs> they have to. So you may not recognize it yourself because you get used to him. But he is one of the giants in this land. <laughs> so when he calls us and says, Bishop, can you please come and preach? I have to say, yes, say, I'm coming. Even though I'm tired, say, I'm coming through. How can you say no to a giant in a land? You call me, try and see it yourself. <laughs> the anointing of a city therefore causes other ministers to begin to realize and recognize a grace over your life. And therefore, here is your mandate as God elevates you. That you have to be humble. So that others can see that humility and be attracted. Pastors generally are very proud. Pastors. Yeah. Even if they are struggling in a corner, they, they would rather die in a corner than actually agree to a fellow pastor that I'm struggling. They will struggle. You say, how many numbers were there? They will say, they will say 500 when there were three people. They, they have a way of increasing numbers. Mm, these pastors. So, because they are proud. But then when they find someone who's being elevated who says, come, my heart is open. Please, I went through that stuff too. Let's sit down. This is what I see <laughs> in Bishop right there. And therefore, you will notice this more and more as he does what he's doing. More and without any effort, slowly God gives him. Whole thing. The whole thing. Am I saying alone? No. I'm simply saying there will be others as well. Say others as well. But since we're here in Christ Bible Church, we're just talking of bishops. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? It's the anointing of a city. It's a great grace. It's a peculiar grace. Politicians seek to know you. They want to know you. They believe your prayers are more powerful than the other prayers of other people. They will come to you by night. Only don't disclose their secrets. They will come to you by night. <laughs> They have many secrets. They will come to you by night. And Neil, I had a politician coming into my office, phoning someone. Guess who I am with? He's so excited to be. I wasn't excited to be with me. But this man was so excited when God gives you a city. It's a great grace. It elevates everything around you. So therefore, when you do conferences, you have to change your mind. Identify these pastors and make them pastors. We welcome pastors from such and such. Welcome because they feel good about that. But if they feel you are elbowing them and saying, oh, you are coming to us. You are broke. That's why you are coming. Oh, no. Then you miss the point. So you have to be inclusive. It's a powerful anointing. This anointing. And doors open citywide. And that anointing begins to affect the city. It could be conferences, Bible school, leadership seminar, music teams, and resources as well that then can augment that vision. Scripture example is Samuel. Samuel was influential in the house anointing in the temple under Eli. But as God elevated him, at a certain time, the grace that was upon this young man called Samuel, as he developed now into a prophet, he was revered everywhere. Remember, he began to be feared even in Israel. That's another thing. But that anointing and that grace began to increase and, and grow. And therefore, we see this man anointing two kings. Never has a prophet in the Bible anointed two kings. The first king of Israel after judges, King Saul, it is Samuel. It is Samuel who removed in the spirit that king sent by God. And then he had to inaugurate another king, King David. And there's never been a king like David. Though he messed up, but what a man. What a man. We read today the book of Psalms because of that man. Surely if you have a grace to inaugurate two kings, there must be a unique anointing over your life. May that anointing fall over you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Anointing for the nation. Nation. This anointing then begins to make other leaders begin to recognize you and seek advice and fellowship with you. It lifts you up into a national leader. And natural leaders begin to recognize you and consult you. And many pastors and leaders from other cities come to you. 
God begins not only to give you a local city, but other cities as well. All other cities. As you get into a city, there is that grace. And there is that anointing over you. You find that it's easy to penetrate cities. It's easy to penetrate towns, villages, growth points. It's very easy because now you have a national anointing over your life. Say amen. So you raise sons as well that you are here. They are far away. Far away. And they are doing exploits. Exploits. Everywhere where they are, they are carrying that anointing. The moment they think is the anointing and they leave you, that anointing leaves. They may pick another anointing depending on the assignment. It may be inferior or greater. But that anointing remains. So you see exactly what you are doing here, somebody doing it in Cape Town. How can you start four churches in Cape Town when you are here? Is it, is it normal? No. It is the anointing, therefore, of a nation that begins to go and God says, I am enlarging your tents. I am enlarging your borders. Jabez says, enlarge my territories. And God begins to enlarge your territory. It's an amazing anointing. Effortless, no sweat. You just come in and you move in. What an anointing of a nation. Great anointing. And David operated in that anointing. First of all, he was, that's why we read scripture we read earlier on. First of all, he was anointed as king of Judah, one tribe. And finally, he is anointed as king of Israel, the whole nation. Yeah, he is now in Israel as a king. What a king. He left his office and his son Solomon took over. But what a king. Very few kings. He had what we call threefold anointing. The anointing of a priest. Because he ate the consecrated bread and God did not kill him. One time he was hungry. Only the priest could eat that. In Israel, if you entered the temple and ate the bread of God, yeah, history. David ate it and he gave it to his boys. He was a prophet. <laughs> Read the Psalms. See how he prophesies of Jesus. He says, the plowers have made long tillings on my back. He's talking of Jesus. What a man. What an anointing over this man. Powerful man. But he had an anointing of a king too. That's why he was a king. He is the benchmark of kings. That's why down the line God says to his sons, you, I would have killed you. But for the sake of David, my servant. You, you made a mistake. I would have annihilated you. But for the sake of David. But for the, he becomes a benchmark. What a king. Today, if you go to Israel, they talk of King David. What a king. Did he make a mistake? Yes, but he had a peculiar grace. A unique, unique grace. David, oh yeah, David is the man that broke the ark of God into Zion. He is living in a palace. God is living in a tent in some spaza somewhere. And he writes Psalm 134. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And he writes some of the amazing scriptures when he puts God in a tent and he's living in a palace. He instituted 24-hour music shifts. He loved God with all his heart. This man called David. So he was a unique king. What a king. He carried the anointing of a nation. Say amen. amen. What a unique anointing that this young man carried. And therefore he became a king. I want to talk finally as I close. International anointing. This is a strange anointing. Say strange anointing. This is when you begin to feel the, that you are affecting other nations. Yeah. You are in a nation, but you are affected. What I found out about the grace of God, it doesn't, care, it doesn't matter where your base is. You can be in some Bundulin somewhere there, and you can reach out to New York. <laughs> you can reach out to great capital cities because of this international anointing. It is the grace. You also as a church begin to attract top international anointings. That will cross pollinate with your anointing. Did you know that God never made a church to get everything that it needs from itself? One church, one denomination. That's why there is what we call body ministry. So that others, when they come in, they are cross pollinating. They are adding something. That's why legally you can't marry your sister. Because you are of the same bloodline. What you would produce is deformed. Deformed. 
You understand that? You can't do that because of the same house. So, but however, when you are cross-pollinating, you are bringing something that someone, some way has there and it comes in to augment. It comes in to strengthen. It comes in to stabilize and therefore the balance. Say amen. International anointing is an amazing anointing. Only one man that I know who can describe this is called Solomon. Solomon was amazing. First Kings 3, Solomon's wisdom. First Kings chapter 4, Solomon's administration. First Kings chapter 4, Solomon's prosperity. First Kings 4, verse 21, Solomon's international anointing. So it reads, verse 21, so Solomon reigned over all the kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines. As far as the border of Egypt, they brought tribute and served Solomon. Solomon built a temple, large temple, large building. Solomon builds other buildings because his grace was strong upon him. Other leaders, e.g. Huram from Tyre, came to cross-pollinate with Solomon's anointing in 1 Kings 7, verses 13 to 14. I want to read that. Now King Solomon sent and brought Huram from Tyre, a bronze worker who was filled with wisdom and understanding, skill in working with all kinds of bronze work. So he came to King Solomon and did all the work. But the beautiful time is when a queen called the Queen of Sheba decided there is a certain anointing that is stronger than what I have as Queen of Sheba from beautiful Arabia. I must go and tap into this anointing. It says she took gold, she took presents, she took precious ornaments. She went right across to meet an international anointing. Solomon was amazing. The wisdom that came from Solomon. The grace that came from Solomon. How he laid out what we call Solomon's temple. The way those that served in the temple operated in that temple. <laughs> Solomon. He built that magnificent temple. He's put billions of dollars equivalent to today's currency. Billions. They had been prepared by David. And David set him up. What a man. That's why the Bible says he made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem. What a grace. What? Then the queen of Sheba decides to visit. Put 1 Kings 10 verses 1 to 10. Let's read that. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, it was the anointing of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels that bore spices, very much gold, precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. When you are under a great anointing, you have no choice but to open your heart. Yeah, you become like a child. Even if you stole a sweet, you say, I stole a sweet. That is a great accommodative anointing. Verse 3. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food on his table, the sitting of his servants, the service of his waiters, their apparel, his cupbearers, his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. <laughs> it was an aha moment for this lady. This mighty queen. I mean, riches were nothing to the queen of Sheba. Nothing. So she wasn't shocked by the riches of Solomon. It wasn't the riches. It was something else far above riches. <laughs> it was this other half that she talked about. She said, I've heard of your fame, Solomon. I've heard it. But what I've seen, the other half, they did not tell me. The other half, ladies and gentlemen, is the anointing. You can't describe it fully. <laughs> you can't describe it fully. It will always miss. It's like trying to describe God and say, can I describe God for you? You can't do it. It is that other half 
that so confused him. But Solomon had this thing called the international marriage. Verse 6. Then she said to the king, it was true. A true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom, <laughs> your prosperity, exceed the fame of which I had. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants, who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God. Can you see where she's focusing? Blessed be the Lord your God. Who delighted in you? When God delights in you, he releases this anointing over your life. He delighted in this man called Solomon. Because when he asked Solomon in a dream, what do you prefer? Do you prefer riches or wisdom? Solomon said, no, give me wisdom. God said, because you have asked for wisdom, I will give you all other things too, including money, money, money and resources. And this man had influence. All other kings feared Solomon. They trembled at this grace that this man had. If he had lived continually and walked with God, he would have conquered the whole world. Not with anything, but with the grace of God that was upon him. Solomon, the queen of Sheba just marveled at the way the servants entered the temple. I am sure she was confused. Many historians will tell you that she may have fallen in love with Solomon. Hmm? How can you not? How can you not? That the fallacious, the black Jews come from that union. It's not the Bible. Church history. She lives as a queen and she meets a powerful man. Anointing is amazing. Especially this anointing. Anointing will take you to places that you never dream you could stand. Anointing will cause you to stand before kings. Anointing will cause you to stand before powerful men and they shiver. While you are shivering yourself, they are shivering too. Anointing is an... Oh, in everything that you get, get anointing. Anointing will lift you up as a musician overnight. Overnight. You may be singing somewhere in some village and the anointing falls upon you. Johannesburg will open his doors for you. That's the grace of God. You may be a preacher in some pundulen somewhere. When this thing is upon you, it was upon Sol Solomon. He would order timber from Lebanon. They will deliver it. <laughs> That's international anointing. When it falls over your life and it falls over your church, oh, it's like God is favoring you. Every door opens. Every country you step in opens. You get into a country, somebody, somewhere says, yes, this can be done. International anointing. It comes with several graces. As you can see with Solomon, riches were part of it. Resources, large resources because the vision is large. To finance an international grace, resources must be larger too. Big resources. It's different from financing a local church. Solomon had such an anointing. Then she gave the king 120 talents <laughs> of gold, spices in great quantity, precious stones. Then never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Hmm. First Kings 10, verse 14 to 15. It says the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly, yearly, yearly was 666 talents of gold. Besides that, that came from traveling merchants. Even traveling merchants just felt, you know what? There is a grace here. We must part with resources. What an anointing. Hey, may it fall upon you too in the name of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, in these closing days, such anointing is coming to the body of Christ. That you will see certain shifts. Many men of God and women of God have talked about wealth transfer. At times we think it's a far-fetched dream. But it's not. Watch this. When the church of God 
the children of Israel were emancipated from slavery of 400 years. When they left, the day they left, the Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. They left with large resources. They were living a land of bondage. And God gave them resources. It is some of those resources that they gave in the desert to build what we call Moses' tabernacle. Equally so, the church of God here today, when it exits our Egypt, <laughs> we are not going before we see the manifestation because we need resources to purchase buildings. We need resources to build conference centers. We need resources to build stadiums. We need resources to buy equipment. And that international anointing is going to release resources. Right now, someone in Saudi Arabia has your money. They only need to hear the voice of God. Now, go to Soweto. There is a man called Jajabu, Jajabu, Jabu. They will not know how to pronounce your name, but they will find you when you're doing the will of God. They have billions of dollars. The church needs them. That's why I have five churches there in Emirates. I'm ready. I'm positioning myself. That one day, some sheikh is going to burn again. And I'll lay hands on him. And then he will sign a $3 billion check as his tithe. And... International anointing is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, stand with me as we close. We said to you, there is believer's anointing. I want you to lift up your hands and say, it is mine. We said to you, there is a house anointing. Lift up your hands and say, it is mine too. We said to you, there is a city anointing. Oh, it is yours. Say it again, it is mine. There is a nation anointing. South Africa the nation of South Africa to fall upon you that wherever you go doors swing wide open somehow because God has given you a nation ladies and gentlemen the national anointing is amazing it's favor, favor, favor it's double sided favor favor with God and favor with men Luke 252 it is such favor but there is as well international that's why I say it in the morning. Get a passport, please. Get a passport. How can we talk about an international anointing and you have no passport? Please graciously ask your neighbor, do you have a passport, a South African passport? Some of you have never come out of Soweto. But we are talking of international. Some of you have never come out of South Africa. No, you have never come out of South Africa. You think everywhere else, there are jungles, it's a jungle, jungle. You've never come out of South Africa. You want to die not having crossed the border? I feel pity for your wife if you are married to her. You have never, you have never taken her outside. It's a crime, say. It's a crime to marry someone and you have never taken them outside. It's a crime. I, I feel pity for that lady. I feel pity. But today I have come to declare international anointing is upon you today in the name of Jesus Christ. I prophesy by the Spirit of God that Grace Bible Church will plan churches internationally. The international grace has fallen upon this church. Men and women will be ready to pastor churches internationally. Not only in Africa, but in Europe, in the Americas, in the Caribbean. Grace Bible Church, that grace must fall upon you. But talk to your neighbor and say, please get a passport for our sake, please. Please get a passport. Get a passport. Get a passport. Look at how beautiful you are. But you have no passport. Beautiful as you are. You are an embarrassment to society. No passport. 
Mom, I'm not saying leave that dude. No, stay with that dude you chose him. But please, in a nice way, encourage him to get a passport. And to get you a passport too. Oh, the international grace. When you begin to cross pollinate with other giants from other continents. Hey, hey. They are crazy men doing the work of the Lord outside our countries. Crazy men. It's like, it's like they carry something. You too can cross pollinate with such in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, put your hands together for the international anointing. Hey. Wow. 